Genesis chapter 8 through 10. There are two key events that take place in these chapters. One is God gives us the rainbow to symbolize his covenant with Noah to never again destroy the world with water. The second is the repopulating of the world and the future global outreach of the gospel available to all men regardless of race or nationality. Both major events are two key examples of God's love and grace. You are listening to Preach the Word with Dean Carmichael Jr. Welcome to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael of Greensboro. And now let's welcome our dear friend, Brother Dean. The title of the message is Red and Yellow, Black and White, and we are here in Genesis chapter 8 through chapter number 10. And up to this point, we have seen two major lines that populate the earth. We saw Cain's line, which represents the seed of the serpent. It started out with false religion of rejecting God's way of salvation by believing we can work our way to God. That was Cain. And after living a life of wondering, Cain knew his wife. He builds a city. And through Cain's line, we see an advancement in agriculture, science, technology, entertainment. But man stayed separate from God due to the sin problem not being dealt with. Then we see the other line, which is Seth's line, through Adam, representing the seed of Christ. Genesis chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Then we read on, we read about man's rebellion, man's total destruction. The Bible tells us that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, they took them wives of all which they chose. The sons of God, that represents the line of Seth, and then the daughters of man represents the line of Cain. Because you ask yourself that question. Okay, there were pretty much two lines represented there. One rebelled from God, the other called upon God. How did we get from that to God repenting that he ever created man and then destroying the world with a, a global flood? How did we get there? Well, it's Genesis 6 verse 2 where it tells us that the two lines would then mix and man would totally rebel. But the Bible tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. There's the Noahic covenant which is found in Genesis chapter 9 verse 9 through 17. And that word co covenant is a promise. That's an agreement. It's also called a testament. And the Noahic covenant is God promising to never again to destroy the earth with water um, or a flood. And he gives us his rainbow as a sign of the, the promise. So now we have Noah and his three sons. You have Ham, Sham, and Japheth. And after the flood, God is going to use those men to repopulate the earth. And that's what we're going to look at today. And the main focus is how God's grace is upon all. We have to understand this. You've got to, when you're reading the book of Genesis, you have to know this. When God destroyed the earth with the flood, and then he, he gives Noah's three sons 
the responsibility of then repopulating the earth. This is not a new earth. Okay, the, the sin curse has not been lifted. We have got to understand that. Salvation is not man looking for God. Salvation is not man walking with God. And we've made that a theme of this study so far. You've heard me say this over and over again. Salvation is God searching for man. And we're going to see here in this study that the sin problem is still here. The, the curse has not been lifted. When Noah gets on dry land, what does he do? He sins. He's he's becomes drunk. He becomes uh, naked in front of his sons there. And, and we'll read about that here in just a little bit. But we're going to look at Noah's three sons, how they repopulated the earth. And then we're going to look at this through the viewpoint of the gospel, God's grace to all men. So let's start out with Ham. Genesis 9 and Genesis 10 tells us about Ham. Uh, that name there means uh, hot, uh, dark. Um, this is Noah's youngest son, and his descendants would inhabit Egypt, Africa. His son Canaan, uh, there would be the Phoenicians, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Hivites, Cush, the Africans, the Ethiopians, the Egyptians, the Libyans, uh, Nimrod. He, he was a great hunter, a hunter of men's souls. He was the founder of the great cities in the land of Shemar, he was the founder of Babel. Uh, this is the Babylonian Empire would one day be be born there. Ham's sons, his son Canaan was cursed. Now this is very important before we go on here. Ham was not cursed. Okay, there is a a false doctrine going around that the black man is cursed. That is not true. The Bible does not teach that. This has nothing to do with the pigment of man's skin. Ham is not cursed. If you go back and read these verses carefully, it's very, very clear that Canaan was cursed. So what am I talking about here? Okay, there's a universe, there's a there's a, a global flood. God destroys the earth because of man's rebellion. Noah finds grace in the eyes of God. There's 120 years of, of, of grace there where Noah's preaching about it. He's building an ark. The flood finally comes due to the rain and Noah and his family are saved. Noah's three sons, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, they're going to repopulate the earth. Noah plants a vineyard. He becomes drunk. He exposes himself. Japheth and Sham cover their father's nakedness. Ham, not exactly sure what he did, but he was exposed to his father's nakedness and his conduct, the way he carried himself, the way he handled himself, whatever he did to respond to that. God was not pleased with this. Let's read this. Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 through 25. And Noah began to be a husbandman and planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Sham and Japheth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. It's important to note the curse is still on the earth here. We still have a fallen nature. 
The flood did not rid the earth from the curse. Yes, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. But notice, it is because of one word, faith. By faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. That's quoting Hebrews 11, verse 7. Yes, this is a new world, but the old sin is still there. Noah became drunk. He was uncovered in his tent. Ham saw his father's nakedness. Sham and Japheth covered him. But notice what the Bible says. Cursed be Canaan. Okay, God did not curse Ham. The, the curse was placed upon his son, Canaan. As I mentioned earlier, there's a false statement going around that God cursed the black man. This has nothing to do with the color of a man's skin. Ham is not cursed. Okay, Think of this. Through Ham, two great nations would be born. Think of the Egyptians. Think of the Babylonians. When I say great, I'm not talking about great as in they feared God and so forth. I mean great as in number, as in their armies and uh, so forth. To say that a black man is cursed is, is a misinterpretation. That, that does not line up with the Bible. Now, to say that because of rebellion of God that generations and, and nations are affected by that lines up with the Bible. Okay, we're, we're going to get into this in a little bit later. But all throughout the Bible, salvation is God searching for man. What man does with it is on, is on them. And the fact that some men, great rulers, some nations rejected God, it played a big part in what happened to their children. And their children were no longer exposed to God. Uh, the, God's grace was still there, but they didn't know about it. That's why God sent uh, Jonah to Nineveh. Uh, the, the, he said, hey, they don't know their right hand from their left hand. So he wanted Jonah to go out there and, and preach to them the repentance and to turn away from their sin. But listen, all throughout the Bible, there are nations who rejected God's grace. There are kings and rulers. Think of, of Joseph who would end up being in captivity uh, of Egypt. Here's a, here's a Hebrew. Here's a man who'd been exposed to a monotheistic religion, meaning there's only one God, the one God of the Hebrews, the true God. He was uh, looking for the, the coming Messiah, the Redeemer that would one day come, that great prophecy of Genesis 3.15. And here he's in Egypt. And eventually... We see what would happen there. The Egyptians, how they rejected that. And you think of the Babylonians, how they were exposed to Daniel and, and so forth. But they still continued. You have all these kings and rulers who would hear about the true God of the Hebrews, but yet they continued in their idolatry. They continued in their rebellion. And because of it, their children and so forth would suffer. Well, that, that's all in the Bible. Okay, we we reap what we sow. So, because of the the sin of Ham, his son therefore would would reap what his father sowed. His son was cursed, but it's not a curse upon Ham and upon all of his descendants. Okay, so that's very important that we understand that. Noah sinned. He got drunk. He was exposed to his son Ham because of this uh, Canaan's. Uh, his son would be cursed. 
Uh, but not exactly sure what Ham did there, but God was not pleased with it. And God pronounced a curse upon Canaan. And if you read the Old Testament and look at history, the Canaanites pretty much have disappeared. I don't want to spend too much time in that, but I did want to, to point that out. We want to always compare Scripture with Scripture and, and read the Bible carefully, right? The, the, it's very clear there. The curse is upon Canaan. So we look at Ham, how he populates, his descendants with him populate Egypt and Africa. You think of the Babylonians and so forth. Japheth, his name means increase, expansion. This is Noah's middle son. And his descendants would go north and they would go west and they would populate the European continent. Magog, uh, the Slavs, the Russians, the Bulgarians, and so forth. Um, when you think of Japheth, I want to quote here David Cloud. Most, if not all, of the notable world powers have sprung from Japheth, including the Assyrian, the Medo-Persian, the Greek, the Roman, the British, even the American, uh, come from Japheth. That's quoting David Cloud there. The nations that pretty much take control after the fall of Babylon come from the line of Japheth and pretty much have been in control ever since. Then you have Shem. Uh, this is a man, his name means renown. This is a man great renown. Genesis 9.26, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Shem was a distinguished man. And we read later that uh, the men of Babel sought to make themselves a name. That is their feud with, with Shem. Shem's descendants would eventually would, would form the nation of Israel uh, through God. And his gene genealogy uh, would, would go through that, that Jesus Christ would, would pass through Shem. Uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ would pass through Shem. Noah's three sons who repopulated the earth. This is a very brief summary. We could go into this. This could We could make a whole study of this, but we're not. There are a lot of ways we can go about it. Uh, to summarize, Ham pretty much populates Africa, Japheth, Europe, and Sham, Asia. It's the best way to, to, to look at that. Now, when you, look, when you read the Bible, there are three div divisions of mankind. And it's not Ham, Sham, and Japheth. God used them to populate the earth. But it's not Ham, Sham, and Japheth. Those are not the three divisions of mankind. Three divisions of mankind are Jew, Gentile, and church. I want to quote here a Clarence Larkin from his book, The Jews, the Gentiles, and the Church, which I highly recommend. Larkin says, The scriptures speak of three classes of people on the earth. The Jews, the Gentile, and the church. The church is made up of both Jew and Gentile. Outside of the church, all who are not Jews are Gentiles. Up to the call of Abraham, all the people of the earth were Gentiles. Abraham was the first Hebrew. His grandson Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, had twelve sons. They became the, gra they became the head of the twelve tribes, known as the twelve tribes of Israel, after the death of King Solomon, these tribes were divided. Ten of them became known as Israel, and two, Judah and Benjamin, as Judah. In B.C. 721, Israel was carried captive to Assyria, and in B.C. 606, Judah was carried captive to Babylon. That's quoting Clarence Larkin there, and it's important to note. Uh, when Judah would go to Assyria, that's from Japheth, and uh, we, we know that, uh, excuse me, when Israel would go to Assyria, 
That's the northern kingdom. They're, they're held captive there to uh, descendants of Japheth. And you have Judah who would go captive to Babylon. That's the descendants of, of Ham. So the Bible says in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. That's referring to the church there. When we read the Bible, when we look at mankind, when we look at this world, it boils down to two types of people. You have saved and you have lost. Okay? It comes down to man's responsibility are we going to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior and be born again and be saved? Or are we going to reject Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior and continue in darkness and continue to be lost? Okay, it's very important. The theme of this study, salvation is God coming to man. It is God's desire that fallen man, regardless of where they were populated, regardless of their nation, their race, Jew, Gentile, black, white, yellow, green, purple, doesn't matter. It is God's desire that fallen man come to repentance and put their faith in his plan for redemption, which is Jesus Christ who came, the incarnate Jesus Christ. He came 2,000 years ago. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He suffered, bled, and died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And he was rose again, and he ascended up into heaven. It is God's desire that fallen man accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. It's not his will when any should perish. The Bible says in Second Peter 3 verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hey, look, Old Testament, they look to Christ. They look to the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah, the one that God would 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 send to to be the propitiation for man's sin, the mediator between God and man. Remember, uh, Cain he tried standing in the gap. He tried making up the hedge. We we can't do that. Fallen man cannot do that. And even Eve thought that it was going to be Cain. When Cain was born, she said, I've gotten a man from the Lord because of that prophecy where God said he would one day send a redeemer. But it wasn't Cain. It wasn't going to be Cain. Yes, it would be through the seed of the woman. It would end up, he would end up coming through the line of Shem. But it was the Lord Jesus Christ, the second Adam, the last Adam, the one who was 100% God, 100% man, without sin. He did not come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. And he did. And he, he became sin for us. He shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary. He died for our sins. And on the third day, he rose again. Salvation is God coming to man. When that veil was ripped there in the temple that separates uh, from the, the, the holy to the holy of holies there, it, the priest would be able to go to the presence of God on the Day of Atonement. Listen, that veil that separated the Holy of Holies was ripped from the top to the bottom. That is God coming down to man. That's what salvation is. And throughout the Old Testament, there are examples of this. Remember, God went looking for Adam. 
The Bible does not say that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Now, if you want to, if you if you want to speculate and say, "Well, preacher, I believe Adam did walk with God in the cool of the day." That's fine, okay. If, if you want to believe that, that's fine. But the Bible does not say that. The Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Adam hid himself when he heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Why did Adam hide himself? Because he's a sinner. He realized he's naked. He realized that he disobeyed God. He knew that he did and he realized he was naked and he hid himself from a holy righteous God. He couldn't walk with God because he was separate from God. He's a sinner. But what did God say to Adam? He said, where art thou? That is a holy God searching for man. When Cain tried to come to God by his own good works, and God rejected his offering, and Cain became very wroth, very angry. What happened next? He went and killed Abel. No, that's not what happened next. What happened next, before Cain killed Abel, God went looking for Cain. Throughout the Old Testament, think of, think of Abraham. How he came from the line of Shem there, the, the God of the, the Hebrews, and how Abraham, that God would form a, a nation through him. Think of how the Hebrews had the, the, the scriptures. Uh, and think of, think of this, for example, in Genesis 14, how Abraham, the friend of God, how he influenced the surrounding kings when he goes to rescue Lot. Think of how he, he meets Melchizedek, who was already the priest of the Most High God. Think of, of Jonah, for example. Jonah rebels from God. He's on a ship with a bunch of pagans. And there is this supernatural storm that comes about. And they go and they wake up, they wake up Jonah. And these men are wanting to find out, why is this storm here? And they ask Jonah, who, who is he? Who, who do you serve? And Jonah said, I serve the God of the Hebrews. And these men looked at him and they said, what hast thou done? They, they knew the God of the Hebrews. They had heard of the God of the Hebrews. See, friends, this is the true God. God is searching for mankind. He's making himself known. Think of Ham, who's, who populates Egypt and Africa. Think of how Joseph goes to Egypt. Think of how Daniel would one day be held captive in Babylon. Think of Japheth, who would end up populating Europe, of how Jonah would go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. Go to the New Testament. You have the Ethiopian eunuch, a descendant of the line of Ham. Philip goes to him. The Holy Spirit says, Go uh, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? Think of Peter and Cornelius. Where did Cornelius? He's from the line of Japheth. He's, he's, uh, the Bible says that, that Cornelius the, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was a descendant of, of Japheth. You think of the Apostle Paul coming from the line of Shem. I said all that to say this. Salvation is God searching for mankind. We're going to read this later, but John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, that's that word, 
that whosoever, Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We must come to the scriptural truth that salvation is God searching for man is available to all and upon all that believe. Now, Galatians chapter number 4, verse 4 through 5. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, Jesus Christ has come. He's lived his life. He, he come to do what he, he was sent to do, which is to die for our sins. He, was, he rose again. He ascended up. And now, the fullness of time has come. Okay? And so God sends forth his son, meaning that, that Jesus Christ comes. Now, this is very important. The church has been given the authority of Jesus Christ to spread the gospel to the entire world. Not just certain nations, not just certain people of certain color, uh, not just a, a certain group, but the entire world. You understand that? When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Jesus Christ came. He was born of a virgin. He was the gospel. He's dead, buried. He rose again. He gives the Holy Spirit there. There's the church. Okay, this is very important. There were three main groups that contributed, that prepared the way for Jesus to come. Three main groups. First of all, you had the political contribution of the Romans. These people were full of idolatry. They had mysterious religions. There was emperor worship. But they were used by God to carry out his will. First of all, they developed unity. There was an environment that was receptive to the gospel. When, when Paul was, was saved and then sent forth, the Apostle Paul, listen, there are all these roads that he traveled on his missionary journey. How do you think they got there? Okay, there was free movement about the Mediterranean world, Mediterranean world, excuse me, that would have been hard without Caesar. The ancient world was in a small, jealous units. There were city, there were states, there were tribes, tribes that hindered travel. And yes, there are many examples in the Old Testament about how uh, the the true God of the Hebrews, the the the, the word of God, was spread out. But it was still. The ancient world, it was difficult to do that. But now there's peace about the Mediterranean. It's easier to spread the gospel. It's easier for the first church to go out and, and have these missionary journeys and go out. You think of the Roman army. They wanted to educate outside unsophisticated provincials because of the decline of the Roman citizens. So they would send these soldiers out to educate them, to take their ideas out to the ancient world, and some of the soldiers became converts of Christianity. So when they went out to all these places, they spread the gospel. You think of the Roman conquest, how it led to a loss of belief in, in, in gods because their gods failed to give them victory. People were unsatisfied with their false religions. And the Romans and their social and their political organization, how they were known for their law and their order, they prepared the world unknowingly, but God used them to prepare the world for the gospel. Think of the Gospel of Mark, for example. Who do you think Mark wrote it to? He presents Jesus as a worker, as a servant of God to the heathen Romans. 
their decline of morals. Mark, his gospel is known as the gospel of action. Who do you think he's writing that to? He's writing that to the Romans. They contributed to the gospel being spread. Now, think of the Greeks, the intellectual Greeks. The Romans were the political conquerors of the Greeks, but the Greeks conquered culturally. Rome built their roads, their bridges, their fine buildings. However, under the Greek influence, the Roman Empire gave way to intelligent culture. Universal gospel was in need of a universal language. Be, be, it's very clear. Okay, In order for the gospel to spread to the world, there, has to, there had to be a way to communicate that. Right now, English is the universal language. Um, Latin was the universal language in the medieval times. But in the ancient days, it was, it was Greek. This is how the gospel was spread. What, what language is the New Testament written in? It's written in Greek. Okay? Greek philosophy destroyed all these older religions. However, it did not satisfy. So they either became skeptics, or they turned to these mysterious Roman religions. And the teachings of Socrates and Plato taught that this present world is a shadow of a world to come. It never led them to God. But the Greeks also taught that they were concerned of man's eternal future due to right and wrong. And by the time Christ came, there was this void in the hearts of men that they wanted more than just human reasoning. See, Christianity introduced a peace that passed all understanding through the forgiveness of sins and the saving faith of Jesus Christ. Because of the Greeks, there's one language, there's one world. Uh, you have the ambition of Alexander the Great there. The Greek was the language of the world at that time, and the New Testament was written in Greek. Who do you think Luke was writing to? Luke presents the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, to the intellectual Greek. Jesus is presented as the ideal human being because the Greeks were looking for the perfect man. And Luke said, Luke said, in a way, I found him. You read the Gospel of Luke, you see the Son of Man. And then you see another group who contributed the religious contribution of the Jews. Unlike the Greeks, the Jews did not use human reasoning, but they assumed God's existence through his revealing himself to Abraham and other great leaders of the race. They're a small nation, but they occupied Palestine, uh, the land bridge that linked Asia, Africa, and Europe. Their central location in captivity by Assyria, Babylonia, and Rome spread their religious ideas throughout the Mediterranean world. I'll get that word right here in a minute. But remember something. God searching for man. Monotheism. There's only one God. This contradicted all these false religions. You have all this, these Israel captives throughout the world. And you have all this false heathen idol worship. And now they're talking to these Hebrews and they're saying, no, there's only one God. There's a messianic hope. There's a Messiah who's one day coming. There's a Redeemer who's one day coming. The ethical th system. Think of the high standards of the Ten Commandments. The Jewish scriptures that we have provide the Old Testament. And you think of the philosophy of history. History had a meaning opposed any view that made history a meaningless cycle of evolution. That's what the Jewish scriptures did. There's a sovereign God who created all and would triumph over sinful man. 
That is what the scriptures teach us. Think of the synagogue. The synagogue was the preaching house of early Christianity. They enforced absence at the temple at Jerusalem during the Babylonian captivity, and it gave, it gave rise to the synagogue. They would meet together outside the temple and read scriptures. This is the Hebrews and their religion. Who do you think Matthew wrote to? The Gospel of Matthew. Who's he writing to? He's writing to the Jews. He presents Jesus as the Messiah to the Hebrews and their religion. So you got the Gospel of Matthew who, who presents the Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You have Mark that presents to the Romans that Jesus Christ is the servant. The servant. He's a worker. He is the Gospel of, of action. He proved himself. And then you have Luke who presents his Gospel to the Greeks, to the intelligent man. Hey, I found the perfect man. He does exist. He is here. He came. He died for all. Then you have the Gospel of John, which presents Jesus Christ as the Son of God to the entire world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for listening to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael from Greensboro. You can email Brother Dean, preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. Preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. You also can follow our dear friend Brother Dean Carmichael on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dean Carmichael Jr.